This podcast is brought to you by FanshareSports.com, a website that compiles and curates the weekly recommendations of daily fantasy industry experts for you to gauge which players will be the most popular and which players are going overlooked. Head on over to FanshareSports.com and check it out. Welcome in, everyone, to the Turkey Day Ride-In NFL DFS Podcast. It is Wednesday, November, I don't even know what day it is, November 21st, I think. Uh, Five-day weekend, couldn't be more excited, two slates of NFL DFS games, just optimal time of the season to be a fantasy football enthusiast. Uh, So let's get into this Thanksgiving slate. Uh, A couple notes that I will say before this, before I get into the actual plays and which teams to target, etc. This is a slate where, in most short slates, I like to play GPP heavy, right? So main slates, 10, 11, 12 games, Cash is my preferred option. Obviously, probably hit the 90% mark in cash games for large slates. In or on short slates, when there's only two or three games, I am much more of a GPP player, and that's because one player can break the slate, right? So if you're playing cash and you don't have, I don't know, let's say Kenny Galladay this week or Ezekiel Elliott, you you only take Alvin Kamara or you don't pay up for Michael Thomas. They're probably going to be 30, 40, 50% on these studs because there aren't many of them. There's only three games. If they erupt, if they blow up and Michael Thomas scores 42 points against the Falcons, you're just cooked. It's over. So what I like to do is I like to create a portfolio of players, um, multi-enter 10, 15, 20 lineups, You have a piece of not every player um, on the slate. Obviously, you don't want to spread yourself thin, but you do want to create multiple lineups so that you have multiple outs, right? You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, per se, because one player going off can literally ruin the entire slate if you don't have them. Um, So there are certain players on this slate that can be a slate ruiner, right? You can fade low price guys like Trey Quinn, who might be somewhat popular, or, um, I don't know, Calvin Ridley, not going to be very popular, not going to break the slate. But there's certain guys like Alvin Kamara, like Ezekiel Elliott, like Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, they have 40-point upside, and if you don't have them and they hit that 40-point threshold, then you're going to be out of luck. So those certain guys that I, I consider quote-unquote slate breakers, like if you don't have them, your lineups are cooked, I like to have at least a little piece of all of those guys, and we'll talk about them. So let's get into it. Uh, at quarterback, I think obviously Drew Brees, best raw point projection. Um, he's going to be in uh, a good number of my lineups. I'm probably going to create, uh, use the 4 for 4 generator, um, to create the about, I don't know, maybe we'll say 25, 30 lineups. We'll see. Uh, a, a quick tip when you're creating lineups from a generator as well, um, 
a lot of times there is lineups that there's <clears throat> some type of quirk in it where it doesn't it can't recognize that the lineup is faulty. And what I mean by that is it might have uh, a defense that might stack an offense and then put the opposing defense at defense just because from a raw points projection or from a point per dollar projection it makes the most sense. Obviously, that's probably not going to go over well. So if you're going to play, let's say, 20 lineups, I think it's smart to create 30, 40, 50 lineups and then go through and weed out the bad ones, right? Um, so if you if you want to play 20 lineups, you want to play 30 lineups, don't create that exact number of lineups in a generator. Create more and then go through and weed out some bad ones that have bad correlations or um, maybe some even negative correlations in them. Uh, so at quarterback, Drew Brees obviously my favorite play. I think Dak Prescott is going to uh, be of some value for us this week. He does face a pass-funnel Washington Redskins defense. They've been giving up a lot of yards through the air and not so many on the ground. So I think, although I love Zeke this week, I think he's a, he's a must-play. Uh, he has to be in your player pool. I do really like Zach, uh, Dak this week. Zach. Zeke and Dak together. Uh, I do really like Dak this week, especially because he's 1,500 less than Drew Brees on DraftKings and about 1,000 less than Matt Ryan on DraftKings. So even if he doesn't, uh, in raw points, top those two, which he probably won't, though that extra $1,500 can allow you to potentially get up to Michael Thomas or um, just create a higher ceiling lineup by upgrading at two or three positions, which I, I think I love. Uh, and you know how quarterback scoring is. It's relatively flat. There's not as much of a discrepancy. And Dak definitely has the ability to hit that 25, 30-point threshold, whereas you know the 4K receivers, the 4K running backs, um, there's a pretty wide discrepancy between them and the stud running backs. So jamming in some of the studs, three or four studs, and then opting for to pay down for Dak um, definitely makes sense in certain lineups. And then obviously Matt Ryan, I wasn't after going through the going through some stats, doing some digging. I wasn't all over Matt Ryan. However, uh, when I did the other skill positions, I re, I liked Tevin Coleman this week. I like Muhammad Sanu this week. We'll get to that. Um, I, li- I even like Austin Hooper this week. So I think I can't like, can't not like Matt Ryan because he, all of his pass catchers kind of check the boxes for me. So I do like Matt Ryan as well. As far as like the dart throws, Chase Daniel, Colt McCoy, probably going to, probably going to see low ownership on those guys. So I think if you're making 20, 30 lineups going 10, 20% on those guys, I wouldn't fault anybody for doing that. Um, if you catch lightning in a bottle, you are way ahead of the field. I, uh, the only guy that I'm probably not too interested in is, is Matt Stafford. His offensive line is atrocious at this point. He's getting hit a ton. The Bears just sacked him six times um, two weeks ago. He's going to be without Kerryon Johnson, so there's not going to be much of a run game. He's going to be without Marvin Jones. I think he's gonna he's in for a world of hurt. So I'm probably not gonna have too much Matt Stafford. Um, obviously, Trubisky looks like he is not gonna play uh, as of this recording. 
probably not going to have much much Chase Daniel. So it's really going to be that night game and then Dak for me. At running back, between Kamara and Zeke, I really think this is a Kamara week. It seems that Kamara is much more productive and much more used on the field. Snap rates higher, fantasy points are higher. All the metrics seem to pop when the Saints are in a neck-and-neck battle in a game that is competitive. And I think that's what it is going to be this week when they face Atlanta. I don't think they're going to blow Atlanta out of the water like they did with Cincinnati and Philadelphia. If you do think that's the case, if you do think that the Saints are going to really lay the lumber to uh, the Falcons like they did to the Bengals and the Eagles, then I would suggest uh, being a little bit more overweight on Mark Ingram because it seems as though when they build a lead, they kind of rest Kamara. Uh, based on the fact that he got so much work in those first four weeks, they're kind of trying to limit his punishment throughout these weeks now that they have Mark Ingram, uh, who can pound the rock in the second half of blowouts, which the last two weeks, that's what they have been. A few weeks ago, his first game back in week five, they blew out the Redskins, and that also uh, was a big game for Ingram. In the games in between, where they kind of had the Saints kind of had a rough go of it, the game came down to the wire, competitive games those were Kamara games he caught a ton of passes he got most of the work between the 20s and he even got some red zone work I think based on what you think this game is going to turn out to be blowout or a close game that's who you roster Uh, Kamara in a close game and Ingram in a blowout Um, Zeke I think it's hard to ignore too there's not many studs on this slate so if we can jam in Zeke he is just a beast in the passing game. Uh, he has six tar- He's averaging six targets in his last three or four games. Be- and that was the point at which Zeke really, that was like the only knock against him, is that he was only catching two or three balls a game. Now that's up to four or five. So that's a huge raise of the floor for Zeke. He did struggle on the road against the Redskins. Maybe that depresses his ownership a little bit, but... He and Kamara are far and away the best plays. I'll be, of my lineups that I that I generate, I will probably try to have about half of them with both Kamara and Zeke because they're just such high-ceiling, high-floor players. After that, I think those mid-range guys, Coleman, Peterson, um, Theoretic, those are guys that you sprinkle in, and Tariq, Cohen as well. Those are guys that you sprinkle in amongst your Kamara and Zeke lineups. Um, There isn't really uh, a running back besides those top two that I feel very strongly about. I think Tariq Cohen has a big game based on the fact that Chase Daniel is a starter. I think Matt Nagy gets creative. Um, You see some jet sweeps with Tariq Cohen. You see some screen passes, um, easy check downs, just to get him in the groove of the game, get him uh, feeling confident, so I think they do work in Tariq Cohen a little bit. And then if you think this game is going to be a shootout uh, in the 8 o'clock game in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, it's hard not to roster Tevin Coleman. He and Matt Ryan are actually pretty co- correlated. Uh, four of his six touchdowns have, are passing touchdowns. A lot of times you leverage the passing game by only playing the running back, hoping he scoops up a lot of the rushing touchdowns and 
negates some of the fantasy points of the passing attack. I don't think that's the case with Atlanta. I think if you're rostering Coleman, it's in Falcons' stacks because he is a big part of the rushing game. I think if you want to leverage that Falcons team, you go with Edo Smith, uh, maybe a dart throw in one or two lineups. He's more so the uh, red zone running back. They give him a lot of rushes in the red zone. Um, so I think if you want to try to leverage the Falcons passing attack, you go with Ito Smith. Um, if you're rostering Tevin Coleman, you make that part of an Atlanta Falcons stack. I do like Theo Riddick a lot. I think he's checked down Charlie. He's going to get probably catch six or seven balls this week based on the fact that the Bears' pass rush, pass rush is elite and Stafford's going to be looking to get the ball out of his hands uh, in certain situations very quickly. At wide receiver, uh, the debate at top, I think, goes to Michael Thomas. The Saints are just projected for two more touchdowns. Despite the fact that Julio is uh, an air yards monster, he has half, he has the market share of half of his team's air yards, which is huge. Uh, I love Julio this week, but I think Michael Thomas edges him out a little bit. Worried a little bit about Kenny Galladay. I think he's going to have a lot of ownership uh, based on the fact that he had a big game last week, but I'm not sure how much time Matthew Stafford is going to have in the pocket. And I also think the Bears can concentrate on stopping Kenny Galladay without Marvin Jones healthy and really without any pass catcher uh, aside from uh, Theo Reddick, if you can even consider him a threat. So I think... Galladay might have a rough goal of it based on the pass rush and obviously the defense being able to concentrate on taking him away. I'm going to plant my flag this week though and I'm not going to tell you all I'm not going to give you all the answers here because obviously I have premium content on 4 for 4 that you can check out. Did a huge Thanksgiving write up with all of my favorite plays and why they're my favorite plays, dug deep into the stats, etc. But I will tell you on this podcast right now that I am going to plant my flag on Mohamed Sanu this week. I love Julio Jones, but I like Mohamed Sanu more. Calvin Ridley's dinged up. That's not the only reason, though. The Saints are giving up a ton of production to the wide wide receiver, too. They just... I don't know if it's because Marshawn Lattimore is... Just doing a better job on the wide receiver one, that it is moving targets towards the wide receiver two, but uh, football outsiders, DVOA metric, they break it down by position and even within the wide receiver position by wide receiver. The wide receiver two is just lighting up the Saints this year. So I think I really love Mohamed Sanu. He is going to have, um, he's going to be in a ton of my lineups. And he's pretty cheap, which I wish he wasn't. I wish he was in the 5K range. Might take some ownership off him. But he's down in that 4K range on DraftKings. So I think just by default, a lot of guys are going to land on him unsuspecting or unknowingly that he is a great play. Wish he was a little bit more expensive so that the ownership wouldn't be so high. Uh, But I really, I I think Mohamed Sanu might be my favorite receiver this week. And he might go four for 50, traditional Sanu fashion. However, um, my favorite play at wide receiver. Then I think it's going to come down to uh, are you or did you hit on 
some of these very cheap receivers, that might be the different, differentiation uh, between winning a tournament and not. So you have Trey Quinn, caught a ton of passes last week. He's only 35K, uh, 3.5K on DraftKings. Michael Gallup, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. Uh, there's a ton of these between 3.5 and 5K receivers that I think the winner of these big GPPs uh, on this Thanksgiving slate are going to be the ones that nail these receivers. I really love the Bears receivers. I think they're going to be involved in a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of wide receiver screens. Um, Gabriel and Miller both have a chance to or have the ability to break these long uh, pass plays. More so Gabriel than Miller. Uh, I think I'm going to give the edge to Gabriel. He's cheaper and he has a little bit more upside due to his explosiveness. Then there, if we look at some of the other games, um, if Traquan Smith can't go, Keith Kirkwood might carry a ton of ownership. He's been targeted um, like three, four, five times in the last two games, which is pretty big for uh, a wide receiver in the 3K range. Uh, the Cowboys have Michael Gallup coming off a tragedy. A lot of times when that's the case, if he gives it a go, tries to play, Offensive coordinator might try to get him uh, a touchdown, a triumphant story narrative there with Michael Gallup. Um, and that's about it, though. I think I'll narrow my pool of cheap receivers to Trey Quinn. Maurice Harris could have a decent game as long as Jameson Crowder sits. Um, the two cheap receivers from the Bears, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. And uh, even on the Lions, I think maybe even uh, Bruce Ellington caught a ton of passes last week, saw a ton of targets, check down targets, very um, short routes, quick hitches, quick outs. And I think he and Theo Riddick are going to be invaluable this week for Matthew Stafford as they try to avoid that rush. But for sure, that is uh, going to be, if you, if you roster or have are overweight on the right 3 or 4K guy, that's going to go a long way in your lineups. Um, at tight end, Austin Hooper as well. And that's what I mentioned before. I wasn't huge on Matt Ryan when I went through and wrote up the quarterbacks. But then I liked Tevin Coleman, and then I liked Julio and Sanu, and then I liked Austin Hooper. So I think um, Matt Ryan kind of feels like an obvious play when I like all of his pass catchers. Here's why I like Austin Hooper. Last week, Zach Ertz, mega chalk, got shut down. The Saints have that red number one next to their name in the tight end column, meaning they give up the least amount of points to the tight end. Last week, that was a product of them narrowing in, zeroing in on Zach Ertz as the Eagles' number one wide receiver and concentrating on Stopping him, they were running a linebacker underneath him and had help over the top. They're basically bracketing Ertz no matter where he was on the field. And I think that's going to translate into a lot of people thinking that they are just a really good team at stopping the tight end, when I don't think that's the case. I think with Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, Tevin Coleman, you can't concentrate just on Austin Hooper, and he's not their best player. He's not the Falcons' best receiver like Ertz is the Eagles. So I think 
Austin Hooper is not going to see the same attention as Zach Ertz and could definitely come away with a big fantasy day. Obviously, Colt McCoy looks like he has some type of connection with Jordan Reed. Not a big fan of Trey Burton. He just doesn't get the requisite volume for me to uh, recommend being overweight on him. So I think really you're going to be paying up a tight end this week for Reed um, and Hooper. And then on defense, I mean, the Bears are just mispriced like crazy. They are the second highest priced defense at 2900 They're going to be super chalk. And, I mean, for good reason. They really took it to the Lions two weeks ago, sacked Stafford six times, turned him over three times. Um, obviously, I don't recommend fading the Bears defense whatsoever. A lot of times when I know a player is going to be 80% owned, I think if um, they carry a ton of salary, a ton of salary, high priced, there is some merit to fading them. But as one of the lowest priced options on the entire slate at 2,900, I think the Bears are definitely in play, despite the fact that they might be 50, 60% owned. Um, and then there's uh, the only defense that I really wouldn't consider here is the Falcons' defense. Um, I think the Saints are just going to light them up. But every other defense is in play. The Lions could definitely um, put up a big number at home against Chase Daniel. The Redskins' defense has double-digit fantasy points in the last four of the last five games, so they can definitely pressure Zach, uh, Dak and, and get some points out of Dak. And, and the Cowboys' defense could definitely um, put up a big day against Colt McCoy. My two favorite, though, are definitely the top two defenses, the the Cowboys and the Bears. I think we're paying up at defense and tight end this week to be contrarian with the Cowboys. Um, and just because you just have a higher floor when you pay up a tight end this week, you could certainly punt with a Vernon Davis or one of Dallas's 2.5K tight ends, but you really have a, a high probability of taking a zero there. So I would just rather get the sure points with Hooper or Reed and then figure out my lineup elsewhere. That will do it for the Thanksgiving Ride-In NFL DFS podcast. Um, there will be a Week 12 normal main slate podcast. Um, obviously, I'm out of work for the rest of the week till next Tuesday. Hashtag life of a teacher. Uh, so I'll have to do it when I'm, I don't know, driving my daughter to wherever we're going to go this week. Might hear a couple uh, oohs and ahs from her in the background. Uh, but we will get a week 12 Ride in DFS main slate podcast for sure. Not going to do a core four for the Thanksgiving slate. I mean, there's only three games. You could figure it out who I I'm leaning towards rostering the most, but definitely keep in mind cash games are highly volatile this week. Uh, one, two players can decide the entire outcome of the slate. So I like building a portfolio of players and multi-entering for uh, short slates like this Thanksgiving Day slate. Last thing I'm going to do is rank for you the best Thanksgiving foods. Number one is undoubtedly stuffing not from the stovetop homemade stuffing with crumbled sausage best thing i have ever tasted uh wife makes it my sister makes it 
unbelievable. Pour some gravy on it. Uh, just can't beat it. Turkey. Can't go without the turkey. Got to have the lean protein. Covered in gravy also. Uh, mashed rutabaga, number three for me. Uh, kind of off the radar, but if you've ever had it, have a chance to have it. Have a farmer's market near your house. Go buy some rutabaga. Butter it up. Mash it up. You won't be disappointed. Um, I mean, I like everything at Thanksgiving, right? All the fresh vegetables, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, cranberry sauce. All great. Um, regular cranberry sauce that's homemade. Cranberry sauce that you have to open out of a can and jiggle. It has the spirals and the serial numbers stamped on it from the can. Love that. Uh, all the pies, pumpkin pie, apple pie, chocolate cream pie, whatever kind of pie. I eat it all. 16,000 calorie intake on Thanksgiving Day. Number one thing that I will not touch on Thanksgiving is a green bean casserole. Listen, you're going to tell me that you're going to open up a can of green beans, open up a can of Campbell's mushroom soup, pour it in a casserole dish, put some of those little crispy onions on the top, bake it, and bring it to somebody's house and pass it off as something you made, get out of here. Tastes disgusting. Tastes artificial. Keep it out of your Thanksgiving lives. Just ruins the day for me when I even smell it. Hate it. Planting my flag this week in Mohammed Sanu. Planting my flag this week in never green bean casserole. Don't even, don't even come to Thanksgiving dinner if you're bringing green bean casserole. Rather you bring nothing. That'll do it for the Thanksgiving pod. Uh, if Here's another tip. I'm going to end it with this. If you run out of things to pour your gravy on on your plate, pour a little bit in a shot glass and have a shot of gravy with your dinner. And it's Thanksgiving. Go for it. May all your screens be green on this Thanksgiving. I don't know. I was just talking out of my ass for the last couple of minutes. I've never had a shot of gravy in my life. Hope you enjoyed the Thanksgiving pod. Week 11, week 12, week 11 in the books. Week 12 pod will be up sometime around Friday. Good luck. Three game slate. Eat all the pie, stuffing, and turkey your heart desires. Have a good one.